This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, a podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, we'll be sharing information on techniques, history, philosophy, and Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yosei, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It's only possible we create content such as this podcast and videos because of your support. So we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yosei rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple method of fly fishing. Today we have here Allie Ray Marriott, and uh, Allie is a guide that I met years ago when she was in guiding school out in、uh, Leadville area, and I went there to do a little bit of a clinic and just to teach the guides there about Tenkara, and now she moved to Boulder, and she's working at a fly shop and guiding,、uh, both with Tenkara as well as Western fly gear. Hey Allie, thanks for coming in and joining us. No problem, Daniel. Thanks for having me. So yeah, I'm a native Boulderite, so I just moved back home and got a job with the local fly shop, Rocky Mountain Anglers. I'm one of the few people in the shop that、uh, kind of know the the whole background with Tenkara, and I've helped you a little bit at IFC and with the Women's Showcase, which was a lot of fun. I've been hooked ever since you showed me. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, the the women's showcase at the fly fishing show in January, and I think that we're gonna do it again this year. Okay. Yeah, so the fly fishing show circuit we start in Denver, and the very first one they、uh, they started this thing, the women's showcase. And how was that last year? That was so exciting. It was a better turnout than I thought it would be, even though they stuck us way in the back. But I'm hoping for a a little bit better of a room this year. But I'm I'm excited. And I know a lot of ladies are too, because it'll be a good year. And what did they do there? Like you did a presentation on Tenkara, and what else was the what was the format of that women's showcase? It was pretty much just to、uh, kind of introduce the world of Tenkara history and all to women, but not women specifically, just anybody that wants to get into or learn about Tenkara and its history. And it was just a brief little、uh, example, but yeah, and we had quite a few people, and you brought in your casting class. Which was a bunch of guys, of course, right? Yeah, we didn't barge in after my casting class. I was like, "Hey, let's check out the women's showcase," and we、uh, all walked over there, and it was pretty fun to catch some of your presentation. Actually, I didn't have to do the, my introduction because you guys are doing a really good job. So I was like, "Okay, I'll pick it up where they left." <laughs> yeah, exactly. We、uh, introduced you as you walked in the door, so、um, that was that ended up being perfect. Yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more, maybe. Next year, I'm hoping, or this coming year, I should say. Well, and besides the women's showcase too, you have been introducing a lot of women here in Boulder. You know how to fly fish.、Uh, Rocky Mountain Anglers has been really good at kind of bringing women together.、Uh, tell us about the interest level that you guys have had here in Boulder, and how are women taking it up? We actually in the shop run a women-specific fish along, as we call it. Prior to that, we'll actually do、uh, free introduction classes for women specifically, and the majority of the time, I'm fishing tenkara on these fishlongs, anyways, because it's it's so easy to go to. And honestly, I haven't fished Western style, as I'll call it,、uh, really at all, because、mm-hmm. it's just such an easy go-to, and I've gotten so many people. What is that? Wow, that looks so fluid. Oh my gosh, I have to do it now. So. Yeah, I've gotten a couple ladies who are、uh, buy it right off the bat. So, so Ellie, I want to discover more about how you eventually got into tenkara. But let's talk a little bit about how you got into fishing. Period. How long have you been fishing? 
pretty much my whole life because of my grandfather. He, uh, he was a huge influence in my life as far as the natural world goes, but he, he didn't get me started on fly fishing. It's a little expensive to get into and a little intimidating, the culture. But I started with a fly and a bobber. That was it on a spinning rig. And it, it worked. And then once I got into actual fly fishing, I, I didn't look back. And kind of same with Tenkara. It was just once I got into it, I'd almost rather do that. And your grandfather introduced you to fly fishing eventually? He didn't have a chance. He passed away in uh, 2009, and that was really before I started getting a lot of that gear. So he, he got me into the world of fishing, let's just say. But he gave me my first flies, which was this cute little wallet of Orvis flies selection. And also his wife, my grandmother, her father had tied his own flies up in Wyoming, and he gave me that little wallet as well. Cool. That's great. So you grew up fishing with him, and that was here in Boulder or where? Mm-hmm. Here in Boulder, Wyoming. Okay, so he took you to the ponds nearby and uh, Boulder high Creek, mountain high mountain streams. Great. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my, my natural areas. And how did you eventually decide to pick up fly fishing? Well, the allure of the whole sport is just, I mean, it's so beautiful. How, how could you not? I love it. I mean, it's more than just the gear. It's more than just the fish. It's, it's about being out there and kind of finding peace. I mean, I live by that, uh, that quote Henry David Thoreau said is, many men go a-fishing, but without realizing that it's not the fish they are after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very true. Beautiful quote, and uh, I don't think we use it enough sometimes. It's, uh, yeah. And so when you became interested in fly fishing, like at the allure of fly fishing, did you decide to go to a fly shop? Because it's always intimidating for people to take up fly fishing. Like myself, I taught myself how to fly fish in Brazil, and there's no equipment, there's no fly shops, but I is exactly like you. I just found it beautiful. And like the idea of using flies to catch fish. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that attracted me to it. And um, when I was about 14, 15, I went out and I found like a fly fishing set, like a scientific angler's thing. And I bought it and taught myself how to cast. How did you kind of start teaching yourself? Kind of, yeah, similar. I mean, I've always been interested with the natural world. So as far as thinking like a fish being a fishful thinker, let's call it, or um, having that interest in aquatic entomology, bugs, I've always had that. So it kind of just fell into place when I started, so to speak, hunting for them in a more natural way with their own prey, well, fake versions of it. But um, yeah, I tried to teach myself. And then once I did find out about that program at CMC, Colorado Mountain College, that Mark Cole does once I did that then the learning curve just went to full extent I I learned so much more than I had teaching myself and I'm super grateful for that I think that's where it really started and where it really kicked off and then coming back here and immersing myself in a culture of nothing but from Randy Hicks who owns Rocky Mountain Anglers my boss I mean the way he fishes is completely different than the way I fish but Still, he's got, he's full of knowledge. I mean, to the umpth degree. And then for, and yourself, you've taught me many things. Kit, my boyfriend, he's taught me many things. So I, I just kind of take little bits where I can. So you pretty much 
picked it up like pretty much before I met you. I mean, you had not been fly fishing for that long before you decided to actually go full in and attend guide school, huh? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Wow. I, mean, I knew I, I wanted to do, I wanted to be some sort of teacher and educator. It's fun to kind of pass something on that you, you're passionate about. I mean, who doesn't love that? But, uh, and something in the outdoor world. I mean, we live in one of the greatest states. It's Colorado. It's beautiful. You can't help but be outside. And you're a great teacher, too. I've heard from a lot of people that, a lot of Yale especially, that have gone to the uh, the women clinics that you've put together and the fly tying, and they really appreciate you teaching them, like, the fly tying, like, everything from the fly tying to the knots to the cast. I mean, that's, uh, you're, you're touching a lot of people in this area for sure. That's the whole reason why I do the ladies' fish along, because it's, it's fun more than anything. And I like to see people, you know, with smiles on their face, not just, you know, with a rod bent over. That's great to see too. Heidi, she caught on our last fish along a 14 inch brown out of Boulder Creek. Who is Heidi? She's uh, one of our ladies who joins our fish alongs pretty much every time. She's, okay. mm-hmm. She started uh, with a guide trip with Harris Buttig um, and then went to a couple of the women's specific intro classes and then started joining our fish alongs. And she's been in the shop pretty much at least twice a month since we first started seeing her in the spring. Nice. She, she loves it. I mean, she found her passion. Oh, that's great. So that's the kind of thing, you know, like just kind of giving the path for somebody to know how they can get into fly fishing. That's great. And you're doing that. Yeah, opening it up for these people that, you know, it's, it's an intimidating culture. I'd, I'd say, at least it was for me when I was starting, especially for women. It's kind of weird. And I, I want it to be the complete opposite. I want to, people to come in, walk in, and be like, what do I need to get started? All right, well, here I am. We're going to get you started right now if this is what you want to do. So let's find out. Perfect. So let's go back to the little bit of a timeline. So you been fishing your whole life and then you decided to pick up a fly rod and soon after that you decided I'm going to go to guide school out in Leadville and then I came over to do a little clinic that's where I met you. What was your first impression of Tenkata? My first impression was it was very intriguing and I mean I loved the simplicity. I think this is kind of similar to what a lot of people think is the simplicity was amazing. It's beautiful but the worries were what do I do when I catch a fish? What do I do if I catch a big fish? How applicable is it in all fishing situations? Is it not? Is it? The more I learned, the more comfortable I became with it. And the learning curve with that was much shorter than, as we call it, Western fly fishing, just rod and reel. Because there's, there's far less to pay attention to, to concentrate on. So therefore you can relax, I'd say a little bit more. and. That was the first feeling I got from it, was a complete and total sense of relaxation. What about the worries? Like, you know, how do I land a fish? How do I, what happens if I land, a, if I catch a big fish? Did you get those answered uh, relatively quickly? Or how mm-hmm. was yeah, it, those fears were pretty much wiped out right away. I mean, mostly with just your demonstration. More, my fear was, uh, Am I going to catch a fish? Because this new thing, it seems so intimidating. And I didn't for the first time. I didn't for the first couple times. And then I borrowed some of the rods that you lent to Mark. And then I finally hooked into some fish. And it was, uh, it was great fun. It was almost more exciting just the way it felt. So, because you just, it felt more natural. Like I, 
I would like to say that's the best way to describe it. And then right after that, you moved to Boulder and you started like looking for jobs with within the fly fishing industry. And uh, Randy had just bought Rocky Mountain Anglers, I believe. Pretty much. He was in, a, in the process of it. And um, right when he brought me onto the shop is when he took ownership of it. And then he hired you. He hired me with that mindset of bringing more women into the industry as well. He wanted to start that because it's, uh, it's kind of still a niche place in the in this industry in the outdoor industry and it's hard i mean a lot of women especially in boulder they're so active that it's hard to concentrate on one thing and you know you've got to put quite a bit of effort into fishing before you really get it down i feel like it's i mean i fish pretty much every day but yeah, I can see that presenting a challenge. I mean, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's a little bit like uh, myself, even, you know, fishing, trying to find a time to go rock climbing and then trying to find a time to go fishing and biking. I mean, just, you know, it is a very active town. Uh, but I think what I'm finding out, too, is that people are becoming more and more open to, you know, adopting fishing as a part of their life if we tell them that it doesn't have to be all they do it's like you don't have to just just fish right Mm -hmm. so you can i think um having those evenings that they can put on their calendar and they they know it's going to be a fish along or the weekends and then they can block it up and it's like that's going to be the the fishing day i've seen some of them doing that definitely and uh i mean having these little events definitely i mean i've gotten huge turnout this year it's greater than it was last year the enthusiasm is definitely there, and I love that. And uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited for this, you know, this coming year. I mean, it's it's still going to be tricky, but you know, we're getting a we're getting a good turnout. So no, it's great. And now, like, let's talk a little, just a little bit about the demographics too, because we have an interesting within the, the the women group. There's an interesting demographic in Boulder. It's a really young town. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what are the women that are coming to these clinics and fish alongs like, I mean, how old are they? And, you know, are they going to school and becoming interested in fishing or who are they? The age range is pretty great. We do get quite a few of those young students coming in. They want something to do. Um, Maybe it's boyfriend influence or maybe it was a father influence or maybe it was just them. I'm finding more and more girls that are, uh, or women that, they do it for themselves, which I love. I mean, that's why I do it. And well, I mean, other than my grandfather, I guess there was a male influence. But there's, uh, yeah, there's more and more of that. But yeah, the age range, like early twenties, all the way up until, I'd say mid sixties, mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these ladies, they're all super enthusiastic. They're fun. It's great. Some of them have been fishing their entire life too, and they just kind of. They want to get with some other ladies that fish because mm-hmm. it's a little bit more relaxing. I mean, there's there's definitely some some guys out there that like to do, you know, they're more competitive. Yeah, yeah, the dynamics change quite a bit. It was really interesting. Like, for example, I think it was a couple of years ago now, I was doing a little demonstration here in Boulder, 
And Sasha, you know, she came by and she's like, oh, I've always wanted to learn how to fly fish, but, you know, there's too much stuff. And then she actually had a shoulder injury. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, take a look at these rods. I mean, you don't have to move your shoulder a whole lot. It's a very little movement. She's like, oh, I can do this. You know, she got super excited. And Sasha's in her late 20s, early 30s, I think. Um, And all of a sudden, like, you know, we scheduled to do a little outing. And she just brought all these friends that work with her at the university, and they're all in their late 20s, early 30s. And it was just a group of them that had always wanted to fly fish. All of a sudden, they're going out pretty often, and kind of, and they started calling themselves the Tenkara Fly Girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it was pretty neat to see that, you know, a group of young women that just out, on, out of their own interest, they wanted to go and see what was beneath the surface of the water. They wanted to see if there was trout because some of them actually didn't even realize that Boulder Creek and South Boulder Creek have trout, you know, and that, yeah. that kind of piqued their interest, I think. And just being outside and enjoying nature, exploring a little bit. I mean, it's it encompasses so much. And for these women, they just have fun being there, standing in the water and feeling that relaxation it's it's wonderful so yeah that's that's huge and whatever you get out of it as long as you're out there right yeah and I think you know and the other thing too that I like to think it's just one more excuse for us to be outside and not watching tv I mean if you're tired from climbing you know you're tired from biking and you know there's you can always choose something to be outside that kind of works with different muscles different parts of your brain different parts of your soul even Mm -hmm. you know fishing just kind of fills this really kind of a I think it's a very primal, but just very instinctual need that we have. And, it, you know, it's kind of hard to tap into that area with other activities. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's um, it's definitely very soul-fulfilling as far as just being in such close contact with not a, only these very mysterious creatures that seem so much smarter than us when, you know, their brains are not even tenth the size of ours, but they um, just being in contact with the water itself. I mean, you don't have to get waist deep. You can just ankle. But, I mean, it's that's what where I find my peace. And, you know, it's, it's great. I feel like a lot of ladies do, too. So. And right now, so you're working in Rocky Mountain Anglers. And uh, how much time are you spending between inside of the shop and guiding? I spend probably more time in in the shop. It's a it's a pretty tight core group between Randy and Brian, who's right below him, and then myself and Harris, and then we've got a couple other great kids that work for the shop that have been there since they were little, old enough to tie a fly, and they help out once in a while. But yeah, we've got a pretty tight group, and considering he's owned it for a year and. I've been there for over a year. It's, you know, we're, we're trying to get all these things kick-started, not only the, the women's groups, the women's intro classes, the fly-tying classes that I do, and our stream cleanups. We've got another one of those coming up, a big one, but also just the intro classes in general. We offer those all the time, pretty much every week, every weekend, I should say. So we've got a lot on our plate, but... Mm-hmm. I still get out there. I was out yesterday doing uh, a Tenkara guided trip in the morning, and it was it was fun. It was from a gentleman who's just brought his son here to go to CU, and he uh, he just wanted to 
fine tune his techniques a little bit more. And that's what I was there for. So he said he learned a lot and it was, I'll quote him on this. He said it was great having a, as he said, an angel-like voice over his shoulder telling him what to do and kind of what else to kind of look at, what a different aspect or a different perspective. So that was, that was interesting. That's cool. It was nice. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Nice. Yeah, it is funny but cute at the same time. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, as, as long as, uh, you know, they thought the angel part of it was kind of you putting them into fish and that kind of thing. That's yeah, all good. Exactly. I mean, I, I do love to guide. It's, it seems like nothing better because you just, I don't know, I, I really enjoy watching people fish. I don't have to fish with them. Even though he uh, he thought I was going to be, in, which I mean I I showed him how I would do it, but yeah, it's it's fun just watching. Yeah, yeah, I think guiding is, um, you know, I think I would have a hard time with it because sometimes I do want to fish to see like what is it that is going to work in this particular pool, you know, and I want to kind of yes, I can tell somebody, and I love the teaching aspect of it, but once in a while, you know, I kind of want to grab the rod and it's like why is this, why are we not getting a fish here and see if there's anything that's going to entice a strike. So I'd have a hard time, I think, guiding. But I always appreciate guides because it's, um, you know, it's tough to kind of hold back and <laughs> not just want to, you know, to grab the rod out of somebody's hand. But yeah. if, you lo- if you love teaching uh, as, as you do, I think you can, you can approach guiding from that perspective of teaching more than just putting people into fish. And that seems to be your style, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather have them come away from the situation with more knowledge. I mean, the certain situations that call for, let's get you on some fish, um, certainly that's that's great fun. All right, let's get into some fish. But when, when you want to learn, then all right, then I'm there for it. I'm going to show you as many different techniques and why and when as I can and what's applicable. And I mean, when it comes down to just bugs themselves that's what it really comes down to is the bugs but uh in turn the flies and how you're presenting it mm-hmm. yeah and either you don't take that approach of like the one fly that i introduced to people i mean like you really love the flies and you know and so it's really cool because uh every time we go out fishing i, I love it because you're like this is the fly right here and you're like you know you have very specific flies based on the bugs that are in the water so and it seems like you kind of took an interest in fly fishing because of entomology. Is that that is definitely a factor? I love the insects. I love the bug life and their cycles that they go through, and why the fish are going to behave in a certain manner because of the insects that they're feeding off of. But at the same time, as far as the different bugs, I mean, yes, I do love to tie. I love tying different patterns, so I tie a lot of different things, different colors. But for the Tenkara flies, the Kabaris, they're, um, they're so beautiful in their simplicity that I, I don't want to change really anything other than I mess with a few of the colors and maybe some of the materials that I add in, but I want that same profile. Because the way it looks and behaves in the water is so perfect. And I love explaining it to people because it's just, it's so natural and perfect. I mean, you don't really need to change it. I do so well on it. So you go back and forth between Tenkara flies, Western flies, you vary quite a bit? I I mean, I'll stick with my Kabari on a 
Tenkara setup, definitely. But when I'm fishing Western, then, then I'll get, you know, a little more technical. Maybe I'm fishing a streamer, so I'll throw on that little sculp, and the sculpzillas are great. Sparkle minnow, those are a lot of fun. I mean, as the shop favorite goes, the chubby Chernobyl, that's everybody talks about. But those are fun. I, I do enjoy fishing all the flies that I can fish. So. so you really tend to stick, like when you're doing the, the real setup, uh, you kind of use more like in the Western flies, but really when you're using a Tenkara rod, do you tend to stay with a Tenkara fly? Mm-hmm. I've fished uh, for the carp and for bass. I've fished other patterns. With Tenkara rods? Mm-hmm, with the Tenkara rod. How was that carp fishing trip? <laughs> it was awesome. I love carp fishing with the Imago that... That is so much fun. That's cool. <laughs> and I love people's faces when I tell them that, yeah, I fish carp with these rods. And they're like, what? And what'd you use for flies? I used I used one of uh, Jay Zimmerman's patterns, the backstabber. Or, yeah, it's the backstabber. Okay, I'll try to look up that pattern and I'll put it on the tenkariosa.com forward slash podcast. It's a super simple pattern, um, but it's got a little bit more weight to it, which I think helped. I could get away with a kabari just the way I was presenting the actual pattern to these fish, but I wanted that weight. Mm -hmm. So do you ever use like Western patterns with a tenkara rod going for trout or in that case you you Um, really don't mix it up that much? Sometimes. If I want a a specific profile or behavior from, from a certain pattern, then yes, maybe. Like let's say I'm trying to skate a caddis maybe I would turn towards a stimulator or an actual caddis pattern to sit on the water just right. But I found through fishing, the more I've done it, with the more I've become comfortable with Tenkara rods, I've uh, become proficient at doing that with a Kabari, as long as it kind of has the, a similar color scheme, let's say. But I do fish traditional wet flies on Tenkara rods. That's a... Uh, that seems more natural, which they have a little bit more more variations in patterns, and the hackles are going towards the bend of the hook rather than towards the eye. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. So nothing huge, but they've got that same mindset where they can be fished at all levels in the mm-hmm. water successfully, and they don't look it doesn't look inappropriate to the fish. Mm-hmm. So because of that aspect, I think I'd rather fish. I'd stick with a pattern that can behave that way. And what about using tenkara flies with a western rig? Have you done that? I haven't done it. Uh I've been curious. I've been thinking about it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's not something that I've kind of dabbled in yet. I'll give it a shot, though. Yeah, why not, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) They're flies. So I was uh, was just reading um, some of the articles uh, submitted for the next tenkara magazine. And one of them was by my teacher, Dr. Shigaki, who's actually coming here next week. Uh, but uh, and he has a quote and there's something along the lines of people think that uh, when he comes to the states he has to change flies but trout don't speak Japanese you know the the trout in America they don't speak English or Japanese they they're just trying to eat so there's really no uh, reason why you can't use any kind of fly anywhere you want essentially exactly I mean if a traditional married wing salmon fly from Scotland or Norway works in Alaska, then why not a kabari from Japan in 
on the Gray Reef in Wyoming. So. Exactly, and I have used it there, actually. I've caught mm-hmm. some really nice fish in the Gray Reef in particular, actually. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about guiding. You know, you're on the Tenkara Guide Network. As a Tenkara Guide, you're offering your services here in the Boulder area. But obviously, some of your guide trips are Western setups. Some of them are Tenkara. And I believe, like, once in a while, you introduce uh, people to Tenkara in the middle of a trip. Mm-hmm. Are people specifically asking, like, can I can we go out on a Tenkara trip? Or is it you kind of giving them the choices? How does that go? Um, both, but definitely a lot of requests. Uh, the, the gentleman I took out the other day, he, um, he found us through Tenkara USA, looked us up, and uh, he remembered me by Purple Kabari that I did for the summit last year. Yeah, and I, that gave me a good laugh. Oh, but, um, I'll have to post a video on the, on the podcast page here, mm-hmm. the Purple Kabari. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in turn, he ended up purchasing some thread today from the shop. Purple. Purple thread? Okay. Yeah, because I, I happen to really like purple. I feel like it works really well. I don't know why, but can't quite explain it. But yeah, he, um, so both different ways. I mean, there's, there's people that'll walk into the shop knowing that they want Tenkara, they want a, they want a guide trip. And then there's people that have no idea and that maybe have heard it just through the grapevine. And they're like, well, can we give, can we give that a try? I've, I don't know anything about it. What's that about? So, and I, I mean, I think it's great. Just all the interest that's popping up here. So, and this guy uh, that I took out the other day, he was from Vermont. So, and he said, nobody really knows about it out there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, cause it's kind of, it's kind it's of spreading east, <laughs> it seems like, which is odd. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's a good amount of people doing it in Vermont. But what I found there was really interesting. Um, at least the area that I fished, there was a lot of really small streams with a lot of bands on them and a lot of foliage. So I kind of get the impression that it's a little easier to hide and never mm-hmm. see anybody fishing because, uh, you know, you go just a couple hundred yards and you disappear into these woods as opposed to like let's say boulder creek or clear creek all the creeks that we have in the canyons here where there's a highway going by them Mm -hmm. and of course we have a lot of waters that you can hide a little bit more but uh you know here in boulder it's like i'm driving up the canyon and usually i see one or two tankata rods and i can tell them they're Mm -hmm. tankata because they're so long Uh, so it's kind of become fun to see that but yeah Yeah. he's a thing that people in vermont can hide a little bit better (laughs) right yeah. yeah That's definitely true. I mean, I've definitely seen more and more through uh, just being here. And I mean, being in the shop and seeing the interest and having people that come back after purchasing a rod and then they come back for maybe another one or flies or just questions. That's that's great. I mean, and then they're telling their friends, and then their friends are telling their friends. Have you seen like a lot of people really like using tenkara as their entry point to fly fishing? They yes. were like they don't want to deal with all this stuff, so they try tenkara first. Yeah, a lot of our intro class people, I'll kind of mention it on the side. I mean, it's hard not to mention when it's something that I'm so passionate about, and their ears perk up because maybe they've come to our class specifically because they want to learn to fish for their backpacking trips. And they want to catch to keep, which is fine, as long as you know what you're doing, where you're doing it. But then I introduce this rod that's so lightweight, so packable, and so simple. You don't have to spend half your pack on gear just for your fishing. And so they do end up 
going straight to Tenkara. I like getting the cast down because I'd say the Western cast is, it is more complex. There's more steps to it and it's good to know that cast. But other than that, it's a great place to start. I mean, there's not much to the cast that I can explain. It's super easy to get people started on it. Yeah, I think I started comparing, you know, like if you're teaching somebody how to cast, you can build off of Tenkara because I think it's really similar to like teaching somebody how to drive a stick shift versus an automatic car. Yeah. You know, in a stick shift, it's almost exactly yeah. the same thing. You have to coordinate a couple of different, you know, parts like your clutch and your gas, and otherwise the car is going to stall. And exactly the same thing happens with, uh, with a Western rod setup. You have to coordinate your two hands and with Tenkara you don't you just go up and down and usually about two minutes and you get it mm-hmm. and it's very much like driving an automatic car you just press on the gas and you kind of go mm-hmm. uh, and you have your stops and like you have your brake of course but uh, but then after you've got that kind of motion figured out then you can build off of it and you know use the western setup a little bit more easily too I think mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely true but of course I think some people also just stick with it because they realize it works too so I think Tenkara is here to give something to everyone. I mean, some people do like the complexities and the coordination and the rhythms that kind of come with a Western setup, and but not everybody does, you know. So it's uh, it's nice to have the different tools in a quiver. And that's definitely true for me. I mean, there's some days where you want to make like Brad Pitt in River Runs Through It and just you know double haul 50 feet of line out there. But we don't all live on the Madison River, so I mean. Not, that's not always applicable. And it's tiring. I mean, I've same with Sasha, I've got wrist issues and Western style hurts eventually. It gets it starts to hurt my wrist, but as far as that landing big fish thing, that one always that question comes up, like, well, I wanna I wanna fish to big fish, so I can't fish ten car and I'm like, That's that's not true. I mean, going back to the carp thing, they're they're one of the hardest fish to catch because they're incredibly intelligent they're big and they're strong and they also don't build up lactic acid like trout do so trout will tire carp don't so how do i successfully land a carp on tankar when i have no drag system i mean it's actually easier than you think the rod does the work for you as long as you've got that little bit of patience and you don't just horse them in, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. So I've had great fun landing big fish. And one of my favorite places to fish is Cache La Poudre, uh, up past Mishawaka in Indian Meadows, that area, rustic. Those fish are wild and hot. And the Cache La Poudre off of like Fort Collins area. Yeah, so you're fighting big trout over there. They're pretty good sized and they're strong and they are smart. And fishing Western would have been, I would have probably lost a lot more fish. And Tenkara, it was, it was too easy. It was a really feel good day, so. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So now, like, you know, about guiding specifically, like we've heard from some guides that there's a good number of guides taking it up. And then there's a little bit of a movement of guides that are using Tenkara only for a guided trips. You know, some guides like it because maybe they can introduce a kid who's on a trip and having a hard time with a Rio and the 
kid can pick it up or perhaps one of the the people in the group you know like if you have a group of two to four people sometimes you have one person that might be struggling if he's just starting you know with a reel so they start bringing 10 cutter rods along with them and other guys too we've kind of seen just at the end of the trip uh they like teaching something new to the client because I, I think a lot of guides are realizing that you know these people are fishing and they can catch a lot of fish but when they go back home they're really going to talk about something that they learned mm-hmm. yeah they're going to mention they caught a f- quite a few fish but that's a very short conversation it's like oh yeah we did really well we caught 20 fish and that's where the conversation ends right and but if you if you teach something new to a client like either you know, maybe, maybe it's a new fly pattern that a client has never seen. Maybe it's a new technique or maybe it's tenkara, like a whole, whole new method. Mm-hmm. The client's going to go back and just talk a lot about it and, you know, that kind of thing. What are the values that you've seen in tenkara? Like, is it, are you using it sometimes to like with somebody who's struggling or as a something to kind of share something new? What do you think you like about tenkara as, as a guide? Probably going back to the... Uh the simplicity, getting people into the sport, just getting a feel for fly fishing in general. Um, and that cast and the, the, the motions of the water and the line and everything, because they, they definitely match up. They parallel, not to every degree, but there's a lot of similarities. And for um, people that don't quite know, they're a little intimidated by the world of fly fishing. And Tenkara is just a little bit more friendly for people to step into and kids that is a great point kids really like it it's super kid friendly and i've i've definitely got some kids onto tankara and i think it's great fun we've got a lot of clients that get their kids into it as well and they just go down to the ponds and pick on some little pan fish and i mean that's great fun so it's a great way to just get kids into fishing in general so they uh they get discouraged pretty easy i'd say from a lot of sports if they're not having any luck they want to you know they need that kinesthetic value of being able to touch and see and kind of understand and it's more more involved with that so um tell me a little bit about the waters that you fish the waters that i fish the most are probably the high mountain streams the uh the confluences to the bigger creeks that we have through the Front Range area. I love to focus on South Boulder Creek above Moffat Tunnel. That's absolutely gorgeous. And there's Mammoth Creek that spills into South Boulder Creek a little bit farther down into Rollinsville in the headwaters of Boulder Creek, up by, which would be Middle Boulder Creek, North Boulder, the St. Vrain. I think that's an amazing piece of water. And also, one that's very close to home is Four Mile Creek. It's very tiny. A lot of people even ask me, does that have fish in it? And because it's so small and it looks like it could be a seasonal creek. Those are definitely my favorite because I like to fish to fish that have never tasted a hook before. I don't, I don't really like to go after those big monsters that have seen a million different flies and can not only name the pattern, but tell you what kind of hook it's tied on. But uh, as fun as they are, so I like to fish those, those smaller creeks, definitely. So you like fishing close to home primarily. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel. I just uh, started getting over the driving to go fishing, mm-hmm. you know, thing. There's so much good fishing, you know, close to home. And 
occasionally I'll drive a little bit too. And I think you do too, right? I mean, you, oh, yeah. you do go fishing some other big waters too, right? I, I do. I'll take a couple trips here and there when I'm feeling a little adventurous. And then in the wintertime, because I fish year-round, those, those little creeks, they freeze up. I can't fish to them. So I have to focus on tailwater. Anything that's spilling out of a dam, a reservoir that has been dammed up, and then that's going to stay... It's going to maintain a certain temperature, and you can fish it year-round. So I do end up going to Blue River below Dillon Reservoir and fishing to those fish, which they're big monsters that feed on mice and shrimp, and everybody else goes out there. They definitely take some technical fishing, but it's further than an hour. And there's something to be said about fishing to the... Uh, big lake run brown trout that are coming up to spawn into the section of the South Platte that's called Dream Stream because hence the name they get up to about 30 inches and so so I mean that's that can be fun but it's definitely uh, some effort to get out there and almost more stressful than it is worth which at that point it's kind of like why am I doing this well I do it once in a while so yeah, the small creeks and streams where you can find the prettiest fish, especially because my favorite fish is a, uh, a cutthroat. I love the Colorado natives. They're, they're beautiful. And if people want to fish with you, Ellie, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, Rocky Mountain Anglers on 19th and Arapaho, which, you know, it's the one with that big fish mural on the side that Rem Robinson painted. It's absolutely beautiful and it's a great shop to work at um here in boulder yeah right by uh boulder high school actually where i went wow uh this is our 19th episode of the tenkara cast and i'm absolutely stoked by the level of support uh we're getting we've had just about 30,000 listens in the last couple of months and that to me is a great number I hope you enjoyed hearing the conversation that I had here with Ellie. Uh, she's a tremendous guide. I really enjoyed sitting with her and learning a little bit more about her experiences with Tenkara. I hope you enjoyed that as well. Uh, before I forget, I'd love to thank Nick Ogawa Takenobu, as most of you know. I did a great interview with him a couple of months ago about his music. That's what I'm using here in the outro and uh, on the intro for, for this episode. Uh, if you listen to uh, the Tenkara cast in iTunes I'd love to ask you for a favor and if you don't maybe you have iTunes on your computer I'd love to ask for your time to give us a review in iTunes that's um, it gives me a lot of energy when I see new reviews but it also helps people find the Tenkara cast and listen to it uh, that's still how most people are finding the uh, podcasts um, out there and uh, if you can take a minute to leave us a review in iTunes that'll be awesome um, also, if you have any comments or ideas for the podcast, I'm trying to keep a really varied podcast. I don't want to do it all about techniques or all about you know the product or uh, all about interviews. I'm trying to kind of bring some variety so that you're you have some options to listen to, uh, especially as we build a library. You know, I've done a couple of interviews. I've uh, done a, several short casts where I talk about a tankata for a few minutes. And usually I just kind of ramble about something that's in my mind. Uh, I've done a couple of longer podcast episodes about techniques and that kind of thing. Um, 
So if you have any ideas for, or even just comments about how you're liking that format, that kind of diverse format, uh, send us a, uh, drop us a line on tenkariyose.com forward slash podcast. Um, but for most part, I just really want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my voice and my ideas here, along with uh, the ideas and experiences of other Tenkara anglers such as Ali. So until next time on the Tenkara cast, and I hope you all get to enjoy some great fishing this weekend.